Tonight, let's go to Luke chapter number five. I'm going to slow the pace down just a little bit, do a little teaching, preaching tonight, and uh, see what the Lord has for us, okay? Uh, by way of outline, there's not a lot there, but uh, the Lord is, is really good at multiplying things, okay? <clears throat> so when he multiplies the points, don't blame me. That's just what the Lord does. <clears throat> Luke chapter number five, do pray for our people that are away. And the Lord's blessed us with good help for several weeks now, and only have a few folks that are out now under the weather with this stuff. And you pray for them, that God would bless them to be able to get back with us real soon. And pray for those that are well, that God would keep you well and keep folks in, in the house of God, growing in the Lord, doing the will of God. Luke chapter number 5, let's stand together, and we're going to read down verse 17 through about verse number 20. Share a very simple thought with you before uh, we go home tonight. <clears throat> Luke chapter number five, Brother Nate told me the Seminoles are playing tonight, so keep it short, and so I'm going to do my best, okay? After that crack about LSU this morning, I'm just tempted not to, but Luke chapter number five, look down to verse number 17. The Bible says, and it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought in a bed, um, brought in a bed, a man which was taken with a palsy. The Bible says, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. When they could not find by that what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. Let's stop there and pray together. Father, thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being back tonight. Thank you, Lord, for meeting with us this morning. I pray that you'd meet with us again tonight. Father, I pray as always our hearts would be open and attentive to not only hear your word, but receive it and respond to it. Now, Father, I pray you'd challenge the church tonight. Father, I believe you've left us here. Lord, I know without a doubt you have for such a time as this. And help us, Father, Lord, be focused in on what you've left us here to do. Help us be challenged by the word tonight. And I pray your will be done for it's in Jesus' Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> I'll be honest with you, being sick about a month, uh, time just kind of flew by rather quickly, and it's hard for me to believe that it's all already September. Uh, I was shocked the other day. I was driving there, uh, taking my wife, I think, to the Dollar Tree across town, West Hattiesburg, and uh, we passed the Books of Million. And there in front of Books of Million, they had their little placard out front that said, Pumpkin Spice is here. Uh, that's the official kickoff to fall, right, Miss Bonnie? Is that right? Pumpkin Spice is the official kickoff to fall. And uh, look, it's still just as hot as it was in the summer. Uh, and I told our teenagers the other day, I says, what we're doing is we're trying to blackmail fall to get here earlier, right? We're going to go ahead and start drinking the pumpkin spice and eating the pumpkin pie, and hopefully that it will be here real soon. But I'm excited about it. I read a weather report just this morning uh, talking about another system that's down there in the Gulf maybe moving this way. And the words that were used when he says the system may move up in our area is he says a cold front uh, is going to move in our area, which is going to cause that front to possibly move up from the Gulf. Now, I don't know exactly what he meant by a cold front. It may go from 98 to 92, okay? But I'm not going to complain about it. I'll be excited about it. I love fall when it rolls in. I love this time of year. But one of the things that really shocked me when I realized, good night, it is already September. One of the things that really shocked me is September uh, is usually the month where we earnestly begin praying about the theme for next year. Uh, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. 
That before you know it, we'll be here into fall, we'll be into winter, and next thing you know, we'll be taking down all of our Renew banners and putting up the new banners of what the Lord has led us to do in the new year. And I'll be honest with you, I was a little bit panicked because the year has just seemingly gone by so fast. Uh, we've had a lot of distractions throughout the year that we did not anticipate, a lot of holdover from last year. And even though the fact that the year is about to draw to a close and we're on the back side of this thing, I still believe as a church we have a lot of work to do in this area of renewal. Now, granted, we could easily give the excuses of why there's some why we haven't renewed our calling as we should. Look, it's hard to go out in the highways and hedges when uh, you can't because of a quarantine or people won't open their doors. It's hard to go door-to-door soul winning uh, when people are scared that you might have a virus or they may sue you if you have the virus. So, granted, we could use excuses for all of these areas. And yet tonight, in spite of our excuses, we still have a lot of work to do in this area of renewal. I believe God is still calling us to be renewed, to renew our calling, our character, and our commitment. And I believe we have very little time left. I'm not just talking about in the year. I'm talking about before the Lord returns. I believe we have very little time yet to get ourselves to where God would have us to be. So when the trump of God does sound uh, and he takes us home, listen, it's not something we fear. It's something we're excited about. Now, folks, we've got to understand this tonight. The purpose of renewal goes far beyond Central Baptist Church. Do you know God left Central Baptist Church here for a reason? God has called us to something and left us in this particular area at this particular time for a purpose for which he's called us to. Now, understand this tonight. The reason for renewal is not just so that we can say we're where we need to be. We've got to be renewed in order to be to Hattiesburg what God's called us to be to Hattiesburg. Listen, this town and this city needs a church of people that have been renewed. We need a people in this church who have been stirred by the Spirit of God to become who they're called to be and to do what God has left us here to do. It goes far beyond this. Listen, the goal has not been just to be at the end of the year to say, okay, let's check the box. I renewed my calling, my character, and my commitment. That's not the goal. The goal is for us to be renewed so that we can go outside of these walls to fulfill what God has left us here to do. Now, folks, we've got a lot of work to do in this area, and I believe Luke chapter number 5 is going to show us the pivotal part and the role we play in the will of God. This is why we need to be renewed. Now, if we don't get renewed, I hate to tell you, we are shortchanging our city. If you don't renew your calling and we don't renew our calling and we don't renew our character, who God's called us to be, and renew our commitment, listen, we are shortchanging Hattiesburg, Mississippi. The people that are outside of these walls who are lost or the people who are saved and they're backslidden need a church of people that are renewed. And if we don't get renewed personally, I hate to tell you this, we are doing a great disservice to the people God left us here to reach. Now, Luke chapter number 5, we're going to see something here that's vitally important, and we're going to see how we're the missing link in accomplishing the will of God. I'll give you an example, real time in my life. Just last week, I dropped Miley off at school, got back in my car, pressed the start button, and my car went, and it just stopped. Didn't crank. I hit the button again. You know, you have to press the brake and make sure the key fob is in there and all of that. Everything was good. I pressed the button, it wouldn't crank. Trying to figure out what is wrong with my car. It shouldn't be, shouldn't be messing up. It's a fairly new car. And so I popped the hood. I, back there by the school, popped the hood. Uh, opened up the little bo- box that the battery's in. And I want to show you what I found. I think the guys had the picture back there. This is what I was looking at. My battery cable was giving birth to a snow cone 
on the negative terminal. It was just the most beautiful acid you've ever seen in your life. It was just this beautiful blue color. And I said, Lord, have mercy. Something's wrong with my car. An alien has laid a, a, some kind of a, a pod on top of my battery terminal, and it's going to give birth here in just a little while. Now watch this. Everything else in my car was working fine. Except for that one terminal, for some odd reason, it decided to grow that stuff on there. And it was keeping my car from cranking. Uh, I scraped a little bit off of there. And after a while, it cranked up. I went to the store and I bought some terminal cleaner. And I bought some terminal uh, preserver that would spray on there to keep the corrosion from coming back. Uh, and now everything's running fine. But here's the interesting point. It was just one little component that had failed and was keeping all the other components from working. Now, I hate to tell you something tonight. You and I are the missing component for the will of God to be accomplished in this world. God's going to do his part, all right? The lost people, they're doing their part. They're lost, all right? God is going to do his part in saving them, but somebody has got to be that missing link that connects the two together. Now, watch Luke chapter number 5. We see something wonderful here. Verse 17, the Bible says that here's, here's Christ, and he's there healing people. Notice the last part of verse 17. The Bible says, And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Now, aren't you glad that the power is still present to heal people? I'm not just talking about physical healing. I'm talking about eternal healing from the sin problem that we all have. Aren't you glad that's there? So the power is still available. And when we all agree, listen, I think this is one thing even a group of Baptists this big could agree on is that we agree that there are people that need the gospel, all right? We look out in the world we're living in and all these things we're complaining about it. Do you know what the problem is? It's sin. That's what it is. We can dress it up. We can paint it up and we can psychoanalyze what's really going on. But the problem with our world is sin. That's the need they have. The good news is verse 17 says the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Now I want you to notice there was a need. The power was there. But somebody had to do their part to bring the two together. Now, here's what's amazing. As I read this passage of Scripture, I began to see the important part that we play in this. I want to show you another. I got a lot of stuff to show you tonight. Show you another graphic. I did this in my own personal notes. As I read this passage of Scripture, and I saw those three points begin to come alive, that if those three points do not fulfill their role, the calling, commitment, and character, then this would have never happened. This wonderful story of this man being healed that we all learned in Sunday school, this man being miraculously healed, lowered down from the ceiling, all of that was made possible because the people that were in place played their part. Now, folks, our story has yet to be written. This account is in the history book of the Word of God. Luke chapter 5, that story is all over with. But wait a minute. Our story is still being written. And I believe tonight that our story of Central Baptist Church for 2021 could be just a beautiful story as the one where the guy was let down from the ceiling, but we've got to make sure we play our part. So tonight we're going to show you three reasons to be renewed. This is why you need to be renewed. And I want to help you understand the critical role that you play in God's plan. So let's look down at verse 17, and let's see how long God will go with us tonight, all right? Verse 17, the Bible shows us the power was present to heal. Look at verse 18. And behold, men brought in a bed. A man was taken with a palsy. Now here's what's interesting. Watch this, okay? This is not going to take a whole lot of smarts tonight to keep up with me. So here, all of a sudden, we see the power is present to heal him. 
And then lo and behold, over here, in verse number 18, we have a man who has the palsy. Now watch this. Wouldn't it be wonderful if there was just someone who would be the middleman to connect the power with the man who had the palsy, all right? Well, there was. Notice this. This is why it's important that we be renewed. Number one tonight, we renew our calling to connect the world to Christ, all right? We renew our calling to connect the world to Christ. Watch this. The world is the man with the palsy. The world is the man that was in need. And lo and behold, the same God that healed him is the same God that can heal the world today. But wait a minute. Somebody's got to play the part of the one who's going to connect the two. Somebody has got to go, watch this, and take hold of God and take hold of the lost world and connect the two together. Folks, that's you and I. Central Baptist Church is here for such a time as this to answer the call of God to connect the lost world to a loving Father who sent His only begotten Son to save them. Doesn't that make you feel special? All right? Some of us were not very special, but we're special to God. Why? Because He left us here for a calling to be that connection between the need that was there and the power that was available. Folks, look, nothing's changed in 2,000 years. I want you to notice in verse number 18 what the Bible, how the Bible uses to describe this man's need. And behold, men brought in a bed, a man which was, watch this word, the Bible says taken. The Bible uses the word taken. Very interesting word. The word taken just doesn't mean he had palsy. The word taken means he was paralyzed and overwhelmed by it. You know, that word taking is there on purpose. It's describing the desperate need of that man. That man was taken entirely incapable of helping himself. Somebody was going to have to be that connector. Somebody was going to have to get him to the place of the one who had the power or else he's not going to get help. Now, folks, could we look at the world of 2021? I believe we're living in a world that has utterly been taken we're living in a world that's been overwhelmed by sin. We're living in a world of almost spiritual illiteracy. Folks have no idea or no clue to basic morals and values contained in the Word of God. Why? They're taken. All right? They're taken. And they're sitting there in spiritual paralysis, and they're waiting for somebody to answer their calling to be that connection between them and the power that can save them. Man, I'm so excited to be a part of a church, listen, who's interested in reaching those who've been taken. But understand, we're not doing all that we could. We're not doing all that we could. There's a lot of folks we pass up and down on the streets each and every day. There's neighbors that live beside us, even possibly loved ones tonight. They're taken in sin, and we recognize that. But folks, look, you're who God left. You're the ones the Bible says that men brought in. That's us. We're the ones that God left here to be that connection. Now watch, watch. The bad news is we're living in a taken world. The good news is, the end of verse 17, the power of the Lord was present to heal them. But somebody's got to make the connection. Somebody, watch this, has got to reach out and grab those hands of those who are paralyzed. I'll give you an example. After the storm came through the other day, uh, I mean, the Lord blessed us, didn't he? I mean, my soul. 
It, uh, those folks down south is having a lot of trouble, and the Lord blessed us just to keep all the lights on, and so thankful for that. The only problem I had, and boy, this was a, this was a world ender, my TV quit working. You know, sitting there watching cartoons with Miley or something. I don't know what we was doing. Watching something together, and all of a sudden, the box goes out, and look, that's the end of the world, right? TV's not working. I'd rather the air conditioner go off and the TV quit working, right? No, I'm just kidding with you, all right? You agree with me. I was setting you up. And so it's interesting. I had the app on my phone for the, the cable company, and so I clicked on it to run a diagnostic, and here's, here's what it sent back to me. It said, checking the modem. It says, modem, and it had check, modem good. And then it said, checking the television. And all of a sudden it says, television, good. Here's what it said. It sent me a message. It's crazy how connected we are. One day our electronics are going to take over our house. My wife's Roomba is going to chase us out and lock the door and take over on its own. She calls her Roomba the downstairs maid. So she gets these messages from the downstairs maid on her phone. I have to tell people we really don't have one. That's just the name of her Roomba that sends her messages. Here's what it said on the phone. Modem good. TV good. Check your connection. Modem good. TV good. Check the connection. And it showed us the coax cable. I mean, we live in a dumbed down world that has to show you pictures of what to do. Righty tighty, lefty loosey, you know. Check your connections. There's where the problem was at. It was a connection problem. And folks, that's the same problem we have. The power's still good. The problem's still there. The problem lies in the connection. Look, we complain about the world and how bad things are getting, and we're living in this world that is just taken by sin. Check your connection. We're the connection. It's our job to connect, watch this, the need to the power, and we're not doing our job. That's why we've got to renew our calling. Why? Because it's a world that desperately needs to be connected to Christ. Do you remember the person that led you to the Lord? Remember them? Do you know what they did? They were that connection. Thank God for connectors. Thank God. Now, do you know there's people just like you out there in the world that are sitting there paralyzed with their hand up? They're just waiting for somebody to come be that connection. That's why we've got to renew our calling. Remember what Christ said, Matthew chapter 9, verse 37. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are what? Few. The need is still there. The power is still there. He says, I just need some laborers. I need somebody to be a connection. You know, that's what gospel tracks are all about. You know, I hope you've been, uh, I hope you've taken a few of our first responders uh, Sunday tracks, and I hope you've gone and tried to sign up somebody. You know a first responder. I mean, any type of first responder, you go sign them up and have them here. But you know what our tracks are all about? It's an opportunity to be a connection, to connect Christ there's people who need Christ. Look, that's the answer. Look, I have no problem feeding the hungry. I have no problem getting clothes to those who need clothes. Listen, I have no problem helping all that I can. But the root of the problem in our world is we live in a world that's taken by sin. And Christ is the only one who can deliver from sin. But somebody's got to connect the need to the power. And that's us. You see, that's why you've got to renew your calling. You can't say, well, you know what? I'm going to go straight to the character. No, he's left us here for a purpose, and that purpose is to connect the lost world to a loving Savior. By the way, if you're glad you're saved here tonight, you ought to be willing to do that for somebody else. Now, I'm going to show you a video. I told you I had a lot to show you tonight. I put this on Facebook the other day. I was flabbergasted. 
when I saw this on the news today, that I rewound the television before it went out. I rewound it, and I recorded this on my phone. We haven't run through this to see if it's going to play right, but I want you to watch and listen to this weatherman on the streets of New Orleans as the hurricane blows in. Go ahead, guys. Run that for me right quick. Okay, it was hard for you to hear. Uh, go on my Facebook and you'll be able to, to watch it and listen to it closely. Here's what the weatherman says. He says, winds are gusting up to such and such miles an hour. And oh, there's a man in a wheelchair. I hope somebody gets him to a safer area. And then this garbage can goes... <laughs> All I could picture was the man getting taken out by the garbage can, you know. I don't know what happened to the man. I hope he didn't lose his life. I backed it up and I told my wife, did I just hear that man say what he just said? So we backed it up and listened to it. He's standing there. I mean, you saw the wind blowing. And this man's trying. I see this poor fella trying to cross the street in his wheelchair. And the weatherman says, I hope somebody comes along and gets him to a safer area. Well, you know what? He was a good somebody. I don't know who he was, but I'm sure he's a nice guy. But he was a good somebody to get that man to where he needed. And as flabbergasted as I was about that weather, man, you and I do the same thing all the time, don't we? Isn't it amazing how the Holy Spirit can use the weather channel to convict you? I'm thinking, what a heartless beast he was. Poor man out there in the wheelchair. I, I'm serious. I just saw that garbage can. <laughs> Took the man out. I hope he got to safety. But worse than that is when we see the storm of sin and eternity rolling in and we see people who are going to die lost without a Savior and we say, I, I sure hope somebody comes and reaches them. Hey, we're the somebodies. We're the connectors. We're the ones who've got to reach those who have the need with the one who has the answer. That's why we've got to renew our calling. So number one, we've got to renew our calling to connect the world to Christ. I mentioned Uncle Jerry this morning. He's at the fair tonight. If you get a chance, go buy the trailer. He has a video trailer, shows a creation video. I've preached on it many, many times. It goes to fairs all over the country. And fairs not a place where you're used to hearing preaching. Uh, and he shows this creation video and, and shares the plan of salvation, and, and dozens and dozens of people are saved every fair. You know what he's just trying to do? He's just trying to connect a lost world to Christ, and he found a really, really neat way to do it. And ask you, what are you doing to connect people to Christ? What are you doing? I mean, go buy you some helium balloons and tie a string around a track and turn them loose. Hey, that'd be more than the average Christian's doing today. Find some way to renew your calling in order to connect the world with Christ. That's number one. Now look down, if you will, quickly. So between verse 17 and 18, we see their calling. Now watch between verse 18 and 19. And behold, men brought in a bed, a man which was taken with palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and led him down through the tiling with his couch in the midst before Jesus. <laughs> now, folks, you say, why isn't everyone answering their calling? There's lost people everywhere. Here's a simple reason. They tried and couldn't. They couldn't get in the door because the crowd was there. They say, well, you know what, let's go up to the roof and see maybe if he has a sunroof, we can lower him down. But wait a minute, there's some tiling there. And so they took off the tiling and let him down that way. Now, here's the reason most people will not renew their calling, and I'm going out of order, but stick with me. It's because it requires a commitment. These men were committed. 
Number two tonight, the reason you should renew your commitment is to overcome the obstacles of obedience. Overcome the obstacles of obedience. So between verse 17 and 18, we see a calling. Those men says, we can be the connection. We can be the connection. Verse number 18, they brought the man. They says, you know what? I, I really want to. I think every person in this room tonight wants people to come to know Christ. I really do. And so we decide, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go give somebody a gospel track tomorrow at the gas station. Plan of salvation is on there. I'm just going to, I'm going to give it to them. And so we go out there, and all of a sudden, we walk into the gas station, and uh, man, the person behind the counter is just kind of mean. You can tell they're having a bad day. And we're like, oh, I don't know if I want to talk to them. They might get mad at me. And their face becomes an obstacle because they look like they're mad. They look like they're mean. Now, wait a minute, watch. In order for you to bridge the gap between the obstacles of our faith and being obedient to our faith, do you know what it's going to require? Commitment commitment. The reason tonight that we need to renew our commitment is because we let obstacles hinder us from being obedient. Too easy. Too easy. My dad will tell you, he's here tonight, he can, uh, he can rattle me pretty good. I used to be really, really good, and I'm probably still good, I just don't practice it as much, at making excuses. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand tonight, but I'm sure there's just at least one or two more in this room tonight who's probably good at making excuses. And as long as I had a good excuse not to do something, then I was okay with not doing it. Anybody else ever been there? You can just kind of nod your head a little. That way nobody can tell it's you. As long as I had a good enough excuse. And then I became somewhat a professional at manufacturing good excuses. I mean, I mean there's a few times one of my teenage years, my dad says, son, you should have become a lawyer. I mean, man, I was arguing about anything. Why? Because... Ultimately, I just didn't want to do it. Now, folks, understand this. If obstacles become our excuse to obedience, you need to renew your commitment. If it's so easy for you to accept an excuse not to be obedient, that's the need tonight to be renewed in our commitment. I mean, I think it was Bear Bryant who said, success is when you talk yourself out of your excuses. You'll be a successful Christian when you renew your commitment to the place to where you talk yourself out of your excuses. When you have every excuse in the world to quit and go home and not to be that connection, you're so committed, you're willing to rip the roof off in order to bring somebody to Christ. Do you know, we are hesitant to bring people to Christ based on what they look like or what their past is, and these men were willing to rip the roof off just to lower him down to get what he needed. So tonight, number two, you've got to understand the reason we've got to renew our commitment is so we can overcome the obstacles to obedience. I want you to think about it like a bridge. Obedience is here, but we have obstacles here. And obstacles stand in the way of us being obedient to what God left us here and called us to do. Do you know what bridges over those obstacles? Commitment. Commitment. My wife and I don't always agree. You may not believe that by having two just, you know, mild-mannered personalities such as us, shrinking violet. The ones that are laughing, you know us really well. Sometimes we don't always agree. And obviously I love my wife dearly. And sometimes there's obstacles to moving forward. And you're like, I don't know if I want to get past this. But you know what will get past anything? Commitment committed. It's till death do us part. That means until she kills me. 
commitment. Uh Uh-uh. There's no out. There's no emergency exit. It's commitment. Now, folks, look, that's what we've got to be about, the will of God. These guys come to the house where Jesus was, and there was a crowd there. Look. I mean, at least you brought the guy that far. Look, I tried. How often is that our excuse? I tried. They said, that's not good enough. Why? Because he still has the need. We haven't made the connection yet. And so they said, all right, let's go up on the roof. Can you imagine tearing somebody else's roof off? Now, I might tear my roof off, but they're tearing somebody else's roof off. Look, you know that that happened here in the South. Somebody got shot. (laughs) I mean, look, folks, I know some of you really gun-happy folks out there. You're just waiting for somebody to come up on top of your roof and take your shingles off. But those guys were willing to do it. Why? They were committed If we just renewed our commitment, the obstacles of obedience wouldn't stop us and we'd make that connection and fulfill our calling. But our problem is we're too comfortable with the excuses because we're not committed. That's why we've got to be renewed. Is this what Joshua was talking about in Joshua 24? If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Do you know what Joshua was saying? You've got to commit you got to commit. I mean, folks, look, you'll never fulfill your calling without a commitment. Never. It's not going to happen. You've got to be willing to go the distance to fulfill the will of God no matter what comes. And I believe the best example of that is in Philippians chapter 2. Turn there with me, if you will. Philippians chapter number 2. Teenagers remember this one from chapel the other day. Philippians chapter number 2. I want you to follow along with me. I want to show you how to have that kind of commitment to overcome the obstacles of obedience. Philippians chapter 2, look down at verse 5. The Bible says, let this mind be in you. Stop right there. We're speaking of Christ. And we're showing the key to how Christ left us an example to be committed begins with making up your mind. You know what that is? That's a commitment. You better make up your mind. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, watch verse 7, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. Do you know how you know when you're committed? You're willing to take on the form of a servant. Do you know what servants do? never had one, but I watched some TV shows. Those people did. Do you know what servants do? They just do what they're told. They just do what they're told. He took upon the form of a servant. If you're going to be committed, you've got to be willing to serve, and was made in the likeness of men, verse 8, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. His father's will that he put on flesh and become fashioned as a man, as the song says, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well with my soul. Commitment is when you get to the place where whatever God's will is for you, how you find yourself fashioned or your circumstances fashioned, you just become obedient to it. I'm committed and I'm going to be obedient no matter what the circumstances are. But watch verse 8, you're going to see what commitment looks like. And became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. I believe verse 5 through verse number 8 is commitment illustrated. He shows us what commitment looks like. 
that no matter what, he was going to fulfill his father's will, put on flesh, he humbled himself, became a servant, all the way to his death and the death of his cross, he was committed. Now, folks, can I ask you, how committed are you? How committed are you? Now, folks, I'll be honest with you. That's a tough one to answer. Are you committed enough to be humbled, to fulfill the will of God? Are you committed enough tonight to be a servant, to just do what he says? God, it doesn't matter. Whatever I find myself fashioned as and my circumstances may not be what I like, I'm just going to be humble and become a servant. Why? Because I want to have a commitment like Christ. And all of a sudden, you become humble and you become a servant. And slowly but surely, you find yourself making your way to a cross to where self dies. The ultimate commitment that we keep decreasing and decreasing and decreasing so he can keep increasing, increasing, increasing. Folks, we've got to renew our commitment because I don't know that our commitment's very thick right now. I don't know that it would take much for us to give up on God and to quit on God. But wait a minute, these guys were committed. First, they had a calling. They bridged the gap between 17 and 18. What bridged the gap between 18 and 19? It was their commitment. And finally, look down to verse 19. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and led him down through the tiling with his couch in the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. Oh, there's something beautiful here. So between 17 and 18, there was their calling. Between 18 and 19, there was their commitment. And between 19 and 20, what was there? Well, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize that we see their character. Now, what was driving them? What was driving them? Was it their friendship? Was it their friendship with that man? Is that what was driving them? I don't believe so. I believe Christ tells us in verse number 20 what was motivating them to do what they did. And when he saw, notice that next word, their faith. You see, in doing what they did, do you know what they revealed? They revealed their faith. They revealed their character. Folks, number three, the reason we need to renew our character is so that we function by faith. That we'll function by faith. Watch this, and I'll hurry. Whether you realize it or not, whether you think about church and the word of God or the will of God after Sunday or not, faith is an everyday part of your life. You may never pick up this book between Sunday and Sunday. You may never pray between Sunday and Sunday. You may never think about the will of God between Sunday and Sunday. But believe it or not, faith is a part of your life every day. So how do you know that? Well, most of us get up in the morning, and we go out and we get in a car. We sit down in that car, we buckle our seatbelt, we put the key in, we push the button, and as long as there's not a blue snow cone on your battery, it usually cranks. Now, wait a minute. Do you know what you're showing? You have faith in that car. You wouldn't have got it if you didn't have faith in it. Now, look. I've told you this before, and I'm going to say it again. Every person needs to drive a junk car at least once in their life. It increases your faith. I've had one I had to beat on the starter every time just to get it to crank, climb under there, pop, 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 it'd fire up. But yet we get in that car, why? Because we have faith in it. Do you know why you go to work every day? It's because of faith. 
you have faith that come Friday, you're going to get paid. Right? I don't know, I don't know many folks are going to go to work if they're not. Look, I don't know many people that go to work and they are going to get paid. I know a lot of people that ain't going to work if they're not going to get paid. But the actions of you going to work Monday through Friday, putting up with obnoxious co-workers, late hours, doing something you hate doing, you know why you do that? Because you have faith you're going to get paid. Go to a doctor. Doctor gives us a prescription. We carry it to Sam's because we get a good deal there. Get that prescription. There's a pill in this bottle. Who knows what's in it? One day my wife's going to get the grand idea to go into cahoots with the pharmacist and they're going to knock me off for my insurance money. I just open the box and pop the pill. Why? I have faith that that random stranger back there really does have a degree and he knows what he's doing. I just have faith. He said, well, how do you know you have faith? Because I follow through with it. My actions show that I have faith in that. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. If that's the case, what does it say about our spiritual faith? What do the actions of our daily life show about our spiritual faith? Folks, our actions are showing that we need to renew our character because we don't have much character of faith. We don't have much faith. Why? Because you don't see it lived out in our life. Look, if we really honestly believed that God was not willing that any should perish, but all that should come to repentance, and that he draws all men unto him, if we honestly really believed that, we'd get out by faith and make sure that somebody had the good news of the gospel put in their hand. Now, what they do with it is up to them. But if we really believe that, we'd act on it. We'd have faith. Folks, if we really believe this morning that hell is hot and hell is eternal and hell is going to be for a long, long time, if we really believe that people were going to go there, do you know what we do? We'd act on that faith. But I believe the fact that we don't act on that is showing we need to renew our character. We're not living by faith. Listen, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And we're not pleasing God. Why? Because we need to renew our character. I've told you many times, and I really do have to hurry, man, a thin outline. The Lord's just so good multiplying those bread and fishes. Amen? He just, just fills up 12 baskets of leftovers. I think about Noah. We've been to the ark twice now. Every time I just stand there looking at that thing. I know those people must think I'm an idiot or something. I'm just standing there looking at it. This massive ship, life-size, 100% replica. You just look there looking at it. I, I, every time I go there, I tell my wife, he built what he believed. He built what he believed. He really believed that God was going to send rain. He really believed that God was going to flood the entire earth. He really believed that God wanted to use his family to repopulate the earth and to fill it up with all these animals. He really believed. So how do you know? Because he built the ark. And you're standing there and you're looking at the evidence of his faith and you're like, whoo, his character was where it needed to be. Back in my office, I bought me a one about yay big. It's sitting up on the shelf. Not just so I would have one, but it's a reminder of my faith. That's about as big of an ark as I would build because I need a renewal of my character. That if we honestly, genuinely believed that the power is still there to heal, we would be that connector and learn to function by faith and trust God. 
That will be the greatest testimony that we truly believe the word of God is when we put it to work. And I believe tonight, listen, here we are in September. It'll be October. It'll be November and December and all the renewal will come down. And what I wonder tonight is have we been renewed? Yeah, look, we can excuse, yeah, we had COVID and we were out of church and all this and all that. Yeah, we can say that. But look, have you been renewed? Have you renewed your calling? What are we called to do? We're called to be that connector. To connect a loving Savior with a people who desperately need it. Have you renewed your calling this year? How are you doing? Look, we're way past halfway. We're closing in on three quarters done for this year. We've got to renew our calling. Then we've got to renew our commitment. What are we willing to do for the cause of Christ? Would you tear somebody's roof off? Would you walk across the street? Look, would you be willing to put a gospel track in your pocket when you leave here tonight and say, God, I want you to cross my path tomorrow with somebody? I honestly believe he'd answer that. Say, God, I'm putting this one track in my pocket tomorrow. I'm going to go about my business. Would you send someone by my way that I could make a connection with? I just believe he'd do that. But wait a minute. you got to be the connection. And then finally, it all boils down to our character. If we really have the faith that we say we do, we're going to act on it. These men, no doubt, had it. Because Jesus says when he saw their faith... I wonder what he'll do when he sees ours. You ever thought about that? He saw their faith and what they were willing to do, and he healed the man. What would God do for Hattiesburg if he just saw the faith of Central Baptist Church? It's time we renew our calling, our character, and our commitment before the Lord comes back. Amen. Let's pray tonight. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Let's stop there.